Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for agents. We're going to throw our promotions in the front because I want to get through the final points of the stages of wealth building. Remember, we are doing a live event. It's a mastermind sponsored by EXP Realty um, in Moral Home. The event is taking place on April 19th. The agenda is going to be uh, released the day or so be hope before the event. We have a lot of really amazing superstar speakers that I'm just so thrilled are going to be at this event. And uh, I'm really excited about it, guys. I'd love to see as many of you, of you there as possible. The event is taking place just north of Austin, Texas, in Georgetown, Texas. Uh, it's where Julie and I live. Um, and we are hoping to have 100 people there. We'll probably end up with maybe more registering and we're having to turn people away. But look, here's the easy button for you. All you've got to do is text the word, and write this down, everyone, text the word, remember they're sponsoring it, so this is the reason it's in the code, text the word EXP event with no spaces, EXP event, just E-X-P-E-V-E-N-T, text that to the uh, code 31996, so go ahead and text EXP event to 31996, and you'll be sent all the information, and also on checkout, if you put in the word code, if you put in the code Harris, the ticket is free. If you want to just go on the web and go to the event page itself, it's exp-mastermind.com, and same deal. So just put in the word Harris on checkout, and your ticket is free. The event is taking place on April 19th. We're going to have an informal get-together on the 18th, the night before, and probably be doing something on the uh, Saturday that follows on the 20th. Um, But, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. I love these masterminds. I just adore meeting a lot of you for the first time. Um, it's so fun to meet some of our longtime podcast listeners and have you guys tell us what you've you know gleaned from the podcast and obviously coaching clients and the rest of it. For us, it feels like a big family reunion because it really is um, that type of atmosphere. So please do seriously consider coming to the event. Uh, again, the easy way to get the information is right now because I know most of you listen to us on your mobile devices. Text the word. Um, EXP event to 31996 um, or just go to the main website which is exp-mastermind.com and at checkout put in the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S and your ticket is free. Okay. Hey Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. It's always a fun topic, not just uh, showing them how to earn money but also talking about what to do with it once they've got it, once they've sent some away to Uncle Sam and They've built up their savings. Now what? And I think that this is something that is really not discussed, not coached enough in our industry. It's all about, you know, getting deal to deal and, you know, negotiating everything and how to deal with this and how to deal with that. Isn't the point profitability and then freedom as a result? And I think it's so easy to get away from that, especially when we're in the thick of it and it's this time of year and we're cranking out deals and 
you know, it just seems like your days are putting out fires. It's easy to get away from the core reason that you got into real estate in the first place. So I'm glad we're doing this topic. Me too. I love it. This is actually the whole point of being in business, my, in my opinion. You're in business because you want to make a profit, and with that profit, you make yourself rich where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. Uh, before we get to the next point, we are going to finish out this topic today, so this is going to be a quick uh, story for all of you. I received an email from um, a listener, not a coaching client, and the listener sent me this email telling me about – they weren't a long-time listener. They started listing maybe two or three shows in. Um, and they sent me this long, elaborate plan of how they were going to spend the rest of their, uh, like, 10 years or something, building to this sort of mythical place in real estate. And I was reading this whole plan, and it was very analytical, very detailed. Someone had spent a crap time of re ton of research and just put all these sort of thoughts together that really didn't go together, didn't have enough business experience to know that their plan was overly elaborate, overly complicated. It involved teams and logos and branding, and they had their big master plan and how they were going to expand to other markets. And just this plan was ridiculous. And nowhere in the plan was there any discussion about profit. And so I emailed back and I asked that question, where's the plan, where, how much profit? And then they told me this, which is the utter, it's the, just so stupid to even have this thought. And I know, again, a lot of you coming into this business, you don't have enough business sense or experience to know that this is a stupid thought. So I'm using direct, almost insulting words like stupid to get your attention because you realize it's stupid. There's no nice way to say stupid. Stupid is stupid. Here's what their answer was. They're planning on foregoing profit almost complete zero profit business for the first like three years and anticipating that, that uh, on a year four or five that there would be enough left over after spending all this elaborate, you know, all this money on this elaborate plan that they would have profit. And I asked them why. This is my last email back. And they said, why, you know, why are you making it so complicated? And this person, it took a couple days to get back and then said to me, actually, I'm confusing in my head. I'm actually telling you about two different emails, but same idea. They got back with this one I was referring to, got back with me right away and said that they'd read this book and that book and talked to this guru and that guru, and they thought this is how you were supposed to form a business. To which back I sent a real short quote. It was, I think, from Buddha or something. And the story goes that a um, aspiring monk went to Buddha and said that this, and the aspiring monk said to Buddha that I'm going to spend my life to learn how to walk on water, so I can cross the, you know, the forge. I can know, you know, I can basically. This is where I'm going to put all my energies. My life's mission is going to be able to learn to walk on water. And then Buddha said, "Why would you learn to walk on water when the ferry only costs a penny?" Why would, you, why would you bother trying to learn how to walk on water if you can cross the forge, if you can cross the river with just taking what's existing, what's already there? In other words, the reason I'm telling all of you this is because why would you try to figure out your own way to uh, make money if there's already a path in front of you, if you already can just literally grab onto you know, a ferry and get across the river, grab onto a boat and just get across the river? Why would you bother – trying to basically create your own path. Why would you take a lifetime, or in this case of the email, three to five years before you're, able, you're actually able to make any money? Guys, that's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. You're confused, and it's really, for the most part, it's not your fault that you're confused because you've just latched on to bad information. Real estate is not a complicated business. 
If you're selling real estate as an individual practitioner, what you need to do is focus on uh, being a listing agent, getting your listings up to the magic number of listings that you need. And I know that magic number. You don't know what I'm talking about if you're a new uh, podcast listener, okay, or a new coaching client for that matter. But the reality of it is, is a successful, incredibly profitable real estate practice can be had by everyone immediately. You don't have to wait three to five years. You don't have to be doing all these elaborate things. All the things that are out there, 99% of the things that are out there that are trying to seduce you into believing that real estate should be complicated, they're only doing that for their own benefit, not for your benefit. And you, again, and I say this as respectfully as I can because I was a total ignoramus when Julie and I got into the real estate business, and we had to learn along the way. So I understand what it's like to be blissfully ignorant, to not know that you're ignorant or not know that you don't know what you don't know. I get it. I'm like that about a lot of things in life right now, and that's a, it's, it's refreshing and humbling to know that. But in the meantime, if your vision is to, uh, was to get a real estate license, whether that happened two seconds ago or 20 years ago, so that you could make a lot of money, and, and with that money you'd have a lot of profit left over, and with that profit you'd be able to reinvest it so that you could actually be financially free one day, I promise you the fancy CRMs, the fancy branding, the fancy this is the other things – will distract you from that uh, ultimate goal and move you further and further away from it. That's the reason it hasn't happened for you yet, because your brain thinks, your ego thinks, that becoming successful has to be complicated. It doesn't. Becoming successful in real estate and making lots of money is incredibly simple, almost so simple to the point where I think a lot of you think it's supposed to be more complicated, but it's really not. So we wrote a book, and we wrote this book a long time ago, and it's called The Real Estate Treasure Map. I want you to get that book. I'm going to give it to you for free. So The Real Estate Treasure Map can be had for free by just texting the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. The Treasure Map is a fill-in-the-blank business plan. It's going to take you to, through all aspects of goal setting and uh, you know planning and also going to explain to you what the magic number is, going to make it so simple for you to understand your path forward to becoming very successful in real estate. You have to get this done. So text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996, and uh, we'll, uh, what happens is you'll be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches, and we're going to give you that book along with six other books for free. So text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And remember, you can listen to all of our past podcasts, of which there's thousands, on iTunes, on Stitcher, or just go over to timandjulieharris.com. All right, so what is the point of being in business? What is the point of running a business, assuming it's not a nonprofit business? Well, it is to make a profit. And with that profit, you then reinvest that money, ideally, in things that you can then have the benefit of having creating passive cash flow. Many people, by many, I mean virtually nobody in life gets to the point where they can actually live off passive cash flow. And as we discussed in previous podcasts on the same topic, and the podcasts are available on iTunes, are available on our uh, main website, timandjulieharris.com, you'll discover that the reason that most people never get to this point of being financially free is because, one, they personally overspend in their business, two, they personally overspend in their lives, three, they actually don't ever do the things necessary to earn enough profit in their real estate practices to make it to the point where they have the ability to reinvest that money. So you might have profit in your business, 
but you basically are burning so much money in your business itself on dumb things that you don't have any money left over to invest. That happens over and over. And the other thing I've seen, I've been getting a lot of coaching calls from people who are looking to uh, basically questioning their brokers. And I get it. The market's changing. And a lot of brokers seduced you guys into working for them because you're going to get free buyer leads. And what's happening to those free buyer leads? They're going away or the quality of them is terrible. And so you're still stuck on these owner's commission splits and you're saying, this doesn't make sense to me anymore. I get that. That makes total sense. So that's where your profit might be going. And you pursuing this business model with this broker that may have made sense a few years ago, but it doesn't work for you now. These are all the things that business owners think about. Your profit from your real estate business should be at least 50% at the end of the day. When you make 10000 you should be able to have get to the point where you have 50% profit margins, if not more. If you're an individual practitioner and you're new in real estate and you get a commission check for $10,000, wherever the amount is, you should be able to have almost like a 90% profit margin from that. As you scale, as you grow and add uh, more and more listings, that's what we focus on is teaching you guys how to be listing agents. As you get to that point, then you might have two or three assistants, and you're going to have um, your profit margins can be driven down. But still, you have to run a painfully profitable business that is unheard of in real estate nowadays. Most brokerages make less than 3%. Most teams make less than really 10%. The number I'm hearing nowadays is 7 or 8%. And that's before paying taxes in their own personal overhead. So real estate for practitioners like you, like me, has become painfully unprofitable. That is because you guys are making dumb decisions about who you listen to to form your real estate business. Julie, am I being too blunt today? I'm trying to be direct so I no, get through I these mean, guys' thick heads. Well, we have to be honest with them. We can't just be, and it, you know, it, I always, <laughs> maybe it's because I have these allergies I'm getting over and I'm sleep deprived, but on, on certain days, I think <laughs> maybe Tim and Julie are really working too hard and wouldn't it just be easier to get into the selling crap to realtor buyer lead, you know, business. We'll, we'll just promise you the easy button, but our integrity won't allow us to do that because the next thing that happens is, and some of you guys have had these calls recently where you call those companies and you say, you know, I've been paying this much for whatever zip code or whatever thing, and all you guys tell me is how, impression, how many impressions I have and, you know, all this kind of thing. And can you explain why my number of leads and the quality of leads is so terrible? And what does that company say to you? Well, you just must not be using a good script, or you're not calling them back fast enough, or which possibly is true. But it's all about you, and you haven't been doing it long enough. They just turn it around on you. So on certain days, I feel like, yeah, well, that would be less work for Tim and Julie. But having actually walked in your shoes and know from a frontline standpoint what you guys are subject to in your email and voicemail and text every day, people trying to do this with you, versus what actually causes business to happen, real relationships, real sit-downs, real appointments, real phone calls, real contact. I mean, I couldn't even – I'd get even less sleep at night, I guess, if we weren't keeping it real for you. So, no, I don't think you're being overly direct. I think you're just keeping it real. And I feel sorry for some of these brokers and team leaders who are in that grind. And instead of feeling like that, having that team or that partner or that buyer's agent is going to make them more money easier, it's actually making less money and harder. So well, we have right. to get back to well, that 50% profit model. Otherwise, what is the point? 
Well, look, guys, it, I don't feel sorry for the brokers at this point, to be honest with you, because a lot of them were hitting the easy button when they decided to partner with Zillow, who everyone knew, even you guys who were partnered with Zillow, quote-unquote, getting these leads to then margin off to your buyer, your agents. You had to have known that you were partnering with a company that would eventually basically try to put you out of business. Well, guess what? It's happening. If you don't believe me, just go read the articles on Inman. Look to see what they're doing. Look to see how aggressive Zillow is going to be with the iBuyer thing. Do you really think they're going to respect the relationships that they had with these agents and these brokers? No, of course not. Matter of fact, they're already deciding to not do business with many of the people they've been doing business with in the past because they have this new profit center, which comes from, well, this new perceived profit center, this new revenue generator, I should say, for the sake of selling stock that's coming from the iBuyer model. And you know what? From a business perspective, Zillow continues to be brilliant because the agents in the brokerage in our industry are so complacent. We're so unwilling to learn how to sell. We're so unwilling to see ourselves as salespeople. We're so unwilling to have even a minimum standard of taking care of our customers. It's obscene. That's the reason that our industry has allowed you know, Zillow to slip in. Oh, they're just a friendly marketing company who's going to sell you buyer leads. They're selling you your own leads back. Oh, they're just a friendly marketing company that's calling those leads that they just sold to me back and converting them for a referral fee. And now it even gets more onerous. So we're not going to bag on Zillow today, even though it's one of our favorite topics. Just go and research it yourself. But no, I don't feel sorry for the brokers anymore, especially the ones who basically did align with Zillow um, because they themselves maybe never learned how to proactively regenerate. At the end of the day, guys, the only way you're going to stay relevant in this era of technology and all these other things you know, that are supposed to be the zombies, the artificial intelligence and all these companies that are going to – the only way you're really going to stay relevant is because you have become a fantastic listing agent. That is the sacred ground in real estate. The buyer's agent aspect of the industry is under siege. There are reasons to believe that the commission being paid to buyer agents itself is going to become something that's optional. In other words, it is very reasonable to expect in the near future that if you're a buyer's agent, you're going to have to explain to the buyer why the buyer is paying your commission. And you're going to have to write the commission that you expect that buyer to pay into the contract and ask the seller to pay it, okay? That's what's going to possibly happen. You're literally going to treat the buyer's agent commission as an expense of the transaction that's not going to be paid by the seller. It's going to be paid by the buyer, and if it is going to be paid by the buyer or the seller, it's going to be most likely a very painful experience for uh, in inexperienced salespeople, a.k.a. most buyer's agents, because they're going to have to explain to their buyer's agent or their buyer why they can, you know, why am I worth 3%? You're buying this $300,000 house. It's actually 309 because you've got to pay my buyer's agent commission. And then you're going to have to deal with the fact that the buyer doesn't have the commission or doesn't have the down payment on all these other things. My point being, guys, if you think that you're going to be able to glide into the future with the skill set that you have in uh, an era of these, you know, essentially these technology and this techno these technologist insurgents, if you really believe you're going to be able to just glide into the future knowing what you know, you're absolutely wrong. Our strong, uh, uh, absolute, you know, we absolutely beg all of you in the strongest of languages 
to pivot immediately, focus on sellers, get rid of your high overhead, and seriously be ready before deployed because we're in the midst of a real battle, a battle for the heart of real estate, which are the core relationships that we have given up to the technologists. We, and I'm, I'm we, I mean most of you, because Julie and I have been always rallying against it ever since we saw these companies coming in uh, trying to basic, basically disintermediate, remove us from the middle, remove agents from the middle. They're still doing it, but now they have a beachhead, which they hadn't had before. Now they don't have to act like they have to play nice with us. Now they're actually knowing that they don't, and they're going to be more aggressive, and you're going to see what they actually think about our industry, and you can just imagine how how that's going to work out for most unskilled agents. All right, so stage three. Here's what we're focused on. Buy single family. Once you basically are making, uh, you know, again, just a quick you know, uh, recall, debt-free is stage one. Stage two is forced savings. Stage three now, now that you have a profit-driven business, I'm going to go through these points relatively quick, is buy single-family homes in good areas that are stable. Use info from the last recession to make sure uh, and, and to know what areas are stable and, and are still relevant. There are areas in the country that, through the last recession, got hammered and the values dropped. If there's ever a significant fallback in home prices again, those same areas are probably going to get hit the same way as they did before. There's some areas in the country that are still not back to their pre-recession prices, and by recession I mean 07. So think about how long ago that was. Don't buy there. Don't buy in slum areas. Don't buy marginal properties. Don't buy multifamilies. I know I'm telling you the exact opposite of what everybody says, but guess what? This is what Julie and I have been saying forever. Buy single-family houses in nice areas. Now, here's the funny part of all this. The big hedge funds who have been buying houses since about 2010, they evidently listen to one of our podcasts because all they buy are single-family houses in nice areas. They're not buying any of the crap either. And yet most agents say, oh, shit, I'm going to go buy some doubles in a horrible part of a state that I'm not even located near for pennies on the dollar. And then you're stunned when they're terrible, when you're stunned when they're vacant or when people steal all the copper plumbing out of them, stuff like that. So buy nice houses in nice areas. Buy enough to cover your personal overhead. Now, here's where it gets interesting. You are going to have to deal with the fact that in most cases you don't, do not have enough money to pay cash for these. So you're going to have to think about how to stage the, the purchase of these. To really put this into perspective, most single-family houses in the country right now are probably in a nice area going to cost you about 150 grand. I know California people are falling off their chairs if they're that cheap. But by nice areas, I mean like you can buy single-family houses in certain parts of central Ohio, not many places anymore, but not every part of central Ohio is a home run. Look in uh, 43214, 43085, areas like that. Look in um, near Butler University in Indianapolis. Look in Charlotte, North Carolina. Look to see where the big uh, institutional buyers are buying and buy in the same areas. North Atlanta is another great area. Very North Austin is another great area. But again, finding houses in that price range is a real chore. Now, for every house you buy with current rents, after it's paid off, after all carrying costs, you're going to make about 900 bucks. So I'm going to say that again. Now, I know most of you are not rolling into these deals with cash, but I'm telling you where the numbers have to be. When you buy a single-family house, and it's going to say cost 150 grand, you're going to have to put maybe $5,000 in it to get it rentable, and then you're going to, have, uh, you're going to put it on a, a mortgage. Ideally, you put it on – I know this is not what everyone says, but I'll explain it to you in a second. 
You're going to probably have to finance it. I want you to put it on a 30-year mortgage so that uh, it, the payment is low as possible. And then after all expenses, now you're going to have if, – if you have to factor in your mortgage payment, there's too many variables there. I can't do a guessing. You know, I can't guess what your payment's going to be. But you can do the math yourself. After you have the properties paid off, after you, let's say you pay cash for that same property, you're going to net after taxes and after just normal carrying costs, you're going to net about $900 a month. Now, if your plan going forward, like let's say, for example, you listened to us 15 years ago or 10 years ago, you would have that same plan, but you would have been at this point, you would have been having the properties paid off and the tenants would have paid them off. So when people talk about good debt or bad debt, Really, there's no such thing. Debt is all bad. But if you have debt that's being paid for by a tenant, that's arguably not really a bad debt because somebody else is paying for it for you. So make sure you do your cash flow ahead of time. So, Julie, I don't want to vamp on that, but did I hit all the high points on that point? So buy single-family houses yeah. in great areas. Okay, good. Let's yes, move on. and so, don't assume that because it's your area that it's a great area. It's okay to go out of city, yeah. out of market. We'll ask about that all the time. Home warranties, homeowner's insurance, have a good property manager friend. Not all property managers are just going to charge you the usual five, six, seven percent. You can do other deals where you're basically managing it, but they're boots on the ground. So don't be afraid to get out of your market. Back to you. Well, we use property managers in some of the states that we own, but not to manage, but to find tenants, yeah. open the door and screen the tenants. And then we actually manage it because what Julie and I have always looked for in this formula, we only, we only violated our own advice once and it sucked. <laughs> and it was years ago, but what we do now is we only buy in really nice areas, and we only buy really nice houses, and we actually keep the rent marginally lower than what the property should rent for, so people never move, and they don't. I mean, we have very little turnover, and when they do, that you know, we're dealing with people with good credit, you're dealing with people in good areas, so they act, you know, like respectable people, the people you want to rent to. Don't, again, Julie said it, you know, just to underline the point, Chances are if you're on the coast and you're listening to us, you're not going to be able to buy rental properties in your area. If you did find some where the numbers made sense, they're probably going to be in marginal areas that you wouldn't – frankly, it would be dumb for you to own properties there. So you're going to have to look outside of your area. All right, so uh, remember you can get referral fees on these. You can make commission on these. You could, you know, you could figure out different ways you can you know, come up with your down payment. Now, here's the, here's the goal here. As you, you have to keep selling real estate, now I'm going to share with you something a little bit different, a different spin on this, but as you keep selling real estate, save the money from your rentals, okay? Save the money from your rentals and put that, you can do a couple things. Now, I'm assuming at this point you have low personal overhead, and I'm assuming at this point you've also paid off your debt, remember? You could put the extra cash flow towards the mortgage balance from, you know, as you build cash flow, because you can raise rents. We've been raising rents steadily for like the past five or six years, owning rental property for the, you know, since the recession has been a home run. So, but you can raise rents, and with the raising of the uh, cash flow, you pay the mortgage down, which is if you have a 30-year mortgage and you make an extra, I think if you make, I don't remember the exact math on it, but you can actually, you don't need a 15-year, you put a 30 on it. And I think if you make like 30% extra payment every month, you can pay the thing off in like 16 years. I don't remember the whole, the whole thing works, but that's the reason we suggest you stretch it out. That way, if it is vacant and you have to make the payment on it, you're not stuck with a big payment or you know, it's a lesser cash flow uh, you know, leech on your own ca personal cash flow. So keep selling real estate. And, and you, you know, obviously live off the money that you have from selling real estate. Don't stop selling real estate. Now, I did have a coaching client. His name was Michael who got his personal overhead down to five grand. He lives in New Jersey. 
And then what he did is he, it was like within like maybe 18 months, maybe 24 months, he followed this advice. And um, he didn't increase his personal cash flow. He was him and his family were actually living on one side of the double that one of the doubles that he bought. And he was ex- he got to the point where he didn't have to sell real estate anymore. And he did that within two years. The guy's in his thirties, you know. That's what happened. I don't even think he's actively involved in real estate anymore. He didn't want to do it anymore. So I'm just telling you, these are ways that you can create of cash flow and you can create financial alternatives for yourself. Now, this is not a luxury luxurious path to you know financial independence, but it works. So um, I'm going to tell you – now, here's another thing to do with the cash flow. I'm not going to give you ticker symbols, but I'm going to give you a suggestion. One of the things you have to learn how to do is you have to learn how to develop not only lead generation spokes, but income generation spokes. Income generation spokes mean you, your goal is to have money coming from different sources. A lot of you just have money coming from your transactions. Most of you listening do not have any other source other than the sweat of your own brow. That grows old the older you get. It begins to suck. So trust me when I tell you, you have to be proactive about buying rental properties. So you end up, let's say over the next five years, next three years maybe, you buy five rental properties. Okay, and you put them in place to the you know, point where the tenant's going to pay them off. Remember, I told you, I'm assuming at this point when you're doing this, your debt is personal, debt is paid off. You've got six months of personal financial reserves. Your personal financial house is in order. It's time for you to take some risks. So then you're going to go and buy some rental properties. You're going to buy them in smart areas, single-family houses. You're not going to worry about whether they're in your own backyard. I told you how the cash flow works. I told you basically how to go about doing this. And by the way, I think the current mortgage regs make it so that an individual could own, I think, 10 single-family houses. And, and, and get government-backed financing for all these. All right, so you're buying these properties. You're making cash flow. You're not wanting to stop selling real estate. You're going to live off the money you're earning from selling real estate. I would strongly suggest you take the cash flow from the rental properties and start investing in the stock market. Develop, put together your own, uh, you know, you need to put together a retirement account. The retirement accounts have multiple benefits. One, it's another hedge. So let's say when you're 67 or whatever, the rental properties, just for whatever reason, turned out to be not as great of a home run. They're paid for, but let's say at this point they're just not, they're just not for you. But you've got the stock market money that you set aside that's also going to basically provide you uh, for some income. So the uh, idea is the profit you make from the rental properties, put it into – Excuse me. Put it into retirement accounts. Now I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you some breadcrumbs to follow to understand what retire, how to go about deciding what you're going to put it into. Bottom line, you want to look at Vanguard uh, Vanguard Total Stock Market Index. You want to look at a Vanguard Total International Stock Index, and you want to look at Vanguard Total Bond Market uh, Fund. Uh, so that you're looking for a three fund a three fund portfolio that might basically include 42% total stock market index, 18% total international stock index, and 40% total bond market uh, index. All you got to do is Google Vanguard 3-Fund Portfolio. There's been a ton of research that's been done on investing in Vanguard index funds, um, and I'm not even going to talk about it right now. We talked about it a, bit, a little bit in our book, but the moral of the story is, is you don't need a fancy financial advisor, most of you. All you've got to do is just do your own homework and then, uh, like I said, Google Vanguard 3-Fund Portfolio or Vanguard Index Fund 3-Fund Portfolio. Just Google those words, and you're going to see a, a – like there's a website called uh, Bogleheads or Bogleheads that's named after Jeff Bogle or Bogle who started Vanguard. Just Google that and start researching it. 
I'm not going to drill down on this a lot because I know most of you listening, the tens of thousands of you listening eventually to this show, I know that most of you aren't going to be doing what I just asked. But for those of you who are, I've just given you the breadcrumbs. To start with, uh, bogleheads.com. Or it might even be a .org, I don't remember, and do your homework there. But the, the bottom line is, is you can really have a great return on investment if you just stick with Vanguard Index Funds and you just do a three-fund uh, portfolio. Now, since we wrote this content originally, there's something else that I've really come across that I'm very excited about that you should also absolutely be doing. And I'm going to be very direct with all of you. I have, um, you know, we get the question all the time, which brokerage should I join? And for the years, Julie and I have been basically agnostic about that. Whatever broker you want to, we really don't care. They're all about the same. About a year ago, we came across and really took the time to understand how EXP Realty works. And so I'm just going to give this to you as another suggestion on how you can create income for yourself. EXP Realty is the only company I've ever come across that it, the question isn't what are you paying your broker, it's what is your broker paying you is the best way to understand it. Again, I'm not going to talk about EXP, but I am going to suggest this to you. They will, uh, EXP pays you for just doing normal transactions and sponsoring agents and all this rest of it, stock awards. And they have an, a killer revenue share program. I have known personally people who have been able to literally make ten, fifteen thousand a month from their revenue share in less than a year. In other words, they've been able to create a passive income from their revenue share uh, because they were sponsoring agents inside EXP to the point where they didn't really have to work anymore. Now, they still work. They still sold real estate. In many cases, they actually their real estate careers uh, took off because what they were doing with the money was more motivational than paying the water bill because they had the XP revenue share coming in that made it so that financially they were secure. I would strongly suggest that in addition to everything I just told you, uh, you absolutely should pursue more information on EXP Realty. If for no other reason, then they do create more financial spokes for you that I, frankly, some of the spokes, the, the revenue share and the stock awards program that EXP offers is like nothing I've ever seen before in the 20 plus years we've been in business. That's just it. And there, look, I know some of you are mad because we talk about EXP occasionally, but I don't care. Because the fact is, is that it's the right thing for us to do for the benefit of you. And so we put up a little seven-minute video that explains EXP if you're interested in learning more about it. It does explain the revenue share. does explain how you earn stock. So text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. Look, you might have a broker that you love, love, love. Fine. Stay there. It doesn't, that's great. That's awesome. Perfect. doesn't matter. The point is of this series of podcasts and our point of being in the industry is to create a future for agents, individual practitioners that doesn't have to mean struggle, that doesn't have to mean failure. Our goal is to make it so that you guys take care of yourselves and stop believing that anyone else is going to take care of you. Stop believing that there's some guru out there that's going to have your back or stop believing that even there's some coach that's going to be able to give you all the answers. Your job at the end of the day is to be your own best advisor, and our focus is making you smart. Our focus is making it so that you can think strategically. Our goal is to make it so that you can take care of yourself so one day you can be rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. I said this a couple of days ago, and I absolutely meant it. Nobody wants you to be rich. 
Because if you're rich, you've done something that other people haven't done, and it makes them insecure. But not only that, when you're rich, when you don't have to work for your money or money works for you, people really have a harder time manipulating you or controlling you. You actually start to have this this sort of weird feeling called freedom because you are no longer dependent on other people to provide your livelihood. You guys get that? You understand that? I mean, what if it, what, how would it feel every day if you woke up and you know, knew for a fact that you had more than enough money coming in passively that if you, did, if you decided to go to the beach or play golf that day, you could? But again, here's the thing that happens, which is really quite it, – it's counterintuitive. When people have created passive income for themselves where they don't have to worry about money anymore, the nature of earning money itself, the context of it totally changes. They're excited. They're motivated because then they start thinking bigger. If all of a sudden you're no longer feeling part of the daily struggle that people think is a, you know, has to happen in your life, if all of a sudden you're not feeling that every day, if all of a sudden you wake up and you know all your shit is paid for every month by passive income, you are going to feel less resistance to uh, – you're going to feel less fear of rejection. You're going to feel less fear of what people think. You're going to be starting to feel more and more liberated and more and more honestly in connection with yourself. And that's where the magic happens because when you start feeling like that, then you actually start generating more money. You start actually helping more people. Because it's the nature of it's different. And so then you can think bigger. You can take longer vacations. How many of you take no vacations other than you know the same beach you go to every year just because it's comfortable? Some of you are going to start thinking even bigger than that. You're going to – you know, who knows? But the point is, is this is the experience that I would strongly suggest you give yourself on this planet while you're alive. Because the simple fact is, guys, is you only live once and you're dead a real long time. I mean, you only live once and you're dead a real long time. So why not make the most of it? We've given you a, a path to follow. It's a path that works. How many of you actually are going to pay attention to it? The end is definitely a twist. Julie and I have evolved our opinion of owning rental property. Personally, I don't, I'm not that as enthusiastic about buying rental properties as I used to be because of this EXP revenue share thing, because of the stock. So when an agent asks me about, like, where's my end game here? What am I, what's the damn point? Am I just going to be doing transactions the rest of my life? I always now tell them, look, you can certainly follow the path that you're on. This is the path that, frankly, you know, Julie and I are on that path, doing transactions, saving money, buying rental properties. That takes so long to get to the point where you're financially free versus some of the other tools and mechanisms that you have out there, namely EXP, revenue share, and the stock plan. So, look, guys, you have a lot of options, but what you're, if your true goal is to be financially free, there's only a few proven paths so don't waste time trying to you know, spend a lifetime trying to learn how to walk on water. Just jump on the boat and get to the other side. So text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. If you need Julie and I for anything, you can always email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. In the meantime, guys, we'd love to see you at the event that's taking place in two Fridays. Really, really love to meet all of you in person. It's, you know, highlights certainly of our month, if not our year. Some of you are so emotional about what you've learned from our podcast or our coaching program. You know, I love the – I've had so many people tell me that they never felt – they never met us before. They've only listened to us. They meet us, and we're just like they expected us to be, which is, I guess, a good thing. 
And then they say things like, I never had anyone believe in me until I came in connection with you guys. I can't tell you how meaningful that is to me. So, look, we'd love to meet some of you, all of you. Well, not all of you necessarily. Some of you might be jerks, but most of you we'd love to meet. So, text if you want to learn more about the event, just go, into, uh, go to exp-mastermind.com or text the word EXP event to 31996. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow or anytime if you'd like to connect with us. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.